let's, uh, let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. <clears throat> this morning I have a fistful of notes here that I don't normally have, but this, today I do. And they're convoluted, and they're all over the place. Because I had that kind of a week. First week on the job. The new job. See the bags under my eyes? <clears throat> what have I done? <clears throat> well, in the Gospel of John chapter 3, <clears throat> uh, there's, a, there's a passage there. It's familiar. It's about, it's about Nicodemus, I think, right? Yeah, there it is. Verse 1 says about Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. came to see Jesus. This is, this is what we're going to read about. Um, so let's, um, let's pick this up. I'm going to start here. Verse 1. The Gospel of John chapter 3 says this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, this morning we're thankful for the opportunity um, that we have to be able to be here. And, and Father, we, we say this a lot, but Lord, really we are so thankful. Um, it's amazing to us in all the the cares and stresses of life, Lord, that you are so concerned about your people. Father, you're so concerned about the world around us that we live in that, Father, that you sent your only son to help us find our way home, to, to, to pay the cost of the tickets necessary to get on that boat. And Father, our sins were holding us back terribly, but, Lord, you, through the sacrifice of your son, paid that penalty for us and so father we're thankful and we want to say thanks to you for the for the for the for your son and and father for the sacrifice that was made on our behalf that, that allows us to be here allows us to enjoy your presence surely the presence of the lord is in this place and and father we sing this because you're here and and, and we get to be with you and father we're thankful for that it, it's wonderful and Father, today, Lord, we've, we've come and we want to hear from your word. And Father, I've been, personally, I've enjoyed the singing and the songs and the sense of your spirit that kind of sweeps us up and moves us into the flow of your river. And, and Father, that, that, that whirls around us through the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, I, I've, just, I've just really enjoyed that. And Lord, thanks for that. Father, now as we turn our attention into your word, I'm asking Holy Spirit again that, that the truth of John 16 comes to pass in our hearts and lives individually and personally, even beyond the corporate sense, even beyond the, the, the church gathering, Lord, that, that individually, Holy Spirit, you would speak into our lives today. Jesus said he would send you. We acknowledge you're here. Father, I'm asking that you would remove the obstacles to our ears from hearing your word. And Father, help us to hear and to know and to understand your deep truths for us. 
Father, sometimes, Lord, you know that there's, that there's pain in our lives that hinder us. And Father, sometimes it's the uncertainty of health. And Father, I want to pray especially this morning for those who are, who are going through difficult times of, of, uh, of medical conditions or, or health or, or difficulties, Lord, that, 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 that hinder the flow because of our uncertainty of life. Father, bless Ken in the hospital there in Halifax. I, I pray for he and Ruth together. And, and Father, I'm asking, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would surround them with strength and blessing today. Lift them up. Heal him according to your will. <clears throat> Father, I want to remember those who are traveling today and, and Father, those who are in other parts of the country. And Father, I'm asking, Lord, that your will be done in all the situations of their lives. Father, I pray, Lord, for those near and far who are, who are facing uh, uncertain futures, Lord, physically speaking, Lord, help them to understand the certainty of the future they have in you. For you know the plans you have for them. Plans to give them a future and a hope. And so, Father, this morning we just, we lift all these people to you and situations and and Father, those that are at work, they can't be here today. Those who are traveling, those who are on vacation. Uh, Father, those who are in Guatemala. Uh, Father, the, the, the many from our gathering, Lord, that are down there ministering. And, and Father, I want to pray, Lord, for Jody and, and uh, ministering there in, uh, in the other churches. And, and Father, for, for those that have gone with her, Lord, just to uh, support and, and to be a blessing there. And Father, I'm asking, Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit would guide us to your people, that we would all know the, the, uh, the body of Christ and the fullness of your Spirit working in that. So, Father, this morning, I just ask very humbly, very sincerely, Lord, that once again today, you would inhabit this form. And Father, that you would, you would fill this person with all that you are more and more that you would speak clearly and distinctly through these lips that no word would pass from this mouth except it be according to your will for we want to know thus saith the Lord it matters to us father to spend this time with you so father we commit this time into your hands in Jesus name we pray amen <clears throat> the Bible here says in uh, John chapter 3, it's, you know, it's funny how it starts today. It says now. I don't know why it just didn't say there was a man named Nicodemus. But it says now there was a man named Nicodemus. So it, it kind of it puts my mind to thinking, okay, what's the, what, what's the deal with the now? Now, so you could say, do you ever notice how in a sentence if you change the emphasis on one word, it makes all the difference? You know, you could say, uh, you, know, say uh, you could say, let's, let's pick on, uh, no, I'm not going to pick on anybody. Let's, uh, let's, I, I, I got a tie on. Let's say, you know what? Uh, you could say, okay, let's say that's a nice looking tie. Uh, whether you agree with that or not, I don't care because I like it. That's a nice looking tie. Now you can say that's a nice, that's a nice looking tie. Five words. So let's start. That's a nice looking tie. Right? Emphasis there. That is 
That is a nice looking tie. It draws your mind that maybe there was other ones you chose. That is a nice looking tie. That's a nice looking tie. One. That's a nice looking tie. That's a nice looking tie. I don't know what that means. That doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> but for him to say here, the writer of you know, John says, now there was a man of the Pharisees. Now, it, it begins a, a, new, um, a new thought, perhaps. It, it begins a, 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 an end of what was and a beginning of what is. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And he describes him. He, he defines him. He, he says, you know, um, what he was a part of. He, he, he says where his membership was. He, he gives us a little bit of a, of a qualifying statement around him. And he says, he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. It's kind of like, like, you know, when you meet somebody, you say, oh, and, and what do you do? Right? Say, uh, oh, and, 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 and where do you work at? You know, as if what we do or what we work at defines who we are, right? So uh, I've noticed this. I was hitchhiking one time. My motorcycle broke down a long time ago. Ruth and I, we were hitchhiking, and, <clears throat> and we had this little RD350. You remember? Anybody? No, I had that for years. And so I, I, I changed the spark plugs, and I thought, a lawnmower spark plug worked just as good as any. Well, it burned a hole right in the piston about 100 miles from home. <laughs> My wife was not impressed. And we were just married for a few years, right? Maybe a year. And there we were, hitchhike alongside the road. So you're thinking, what kind of an idiot is this? <laughs> so, so this guy picks us up, right? This guy picks us up. We lived in Middleton, and, and we got picked up out New Minus. Maybe it wasn't 100 miles. That might be an exaggeration. <clears throat> it was long enough that we couldn't walk home. Let me put it to you that way. And this guy picks us up, and, uh, and he's talking along, talking along, talking along, about curse word every third word, you know, blankety-blank this and blankety-blank that and the blankety-blank everything else. And then, he, then there's a pause in the conversation. I'm not saying much, and Bruce's not saying much. He looks over at me and says, and what do you do? <clears throat> now, why would he say that? All right, so I, he said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a minister. His face went right white, his mouth opened and closed, nothing came out, <clears throat> and he just, he didn't say much after that, you know. What? the dickens is that all about why would he change why would he change that well it's because he associated what i do with who i am right and we do that and so the writer here does the same thing he he says now now this guy he, this was his name nicodemus and, and well this is who he was he was a member of the jewish ruling council then then he goes on he says he came to jesus at night and this is what he asked him this is what he said did he ask him i don't think he asked him anything he told him something. He said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God for no one else could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. So he didn't ask him a question. He stated something. He said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God because we understand that you've come from God because no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In other words, he's saying, we understand that you're from God because God is working through you. These signs and things that are happening, these are, we understand these to be the, 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 the work of God through you. So we understand if God's working through you, you've come from God. That's, that's what he said. Did I get that right? Anybody disagree with what I said? I wouldn't put your hand up if I were you, because you know what will happen. <clears throat> so, so I was I was thinking about this, you know, and uh, and um, 
And, and God has been leading me ever since the, the, the crash of the airplane in Cuba. Uh, I, I just, I, I, can't, I can't get away from the whole business of listening every day to God. Don't get on the plane. I, I, I can't help but think of those who did get on the plane. Why did they get on the plane? Others, pastors that were there, and, you know, and, and, and I knew the people. They were good Christian, you know, Bible-believing. Some were just new pastors, you know. There was, there was 20 of them got on the plane. Others didn't. How did that happen? Something struck me. Well, well the Holy Spirit struck me, I'm going to say. Because something, something has begun to percolate in my mind that I want to share with you. And I don't want to overwhelm you with it. But, but I, I want you to be aware of this. When to get on the plane and when not to get on the plane. How do you know that? You know, I mean, we go even farther than that. I, I was driving home one day from Digby. And um, we lived in Middleton again, our very first pastorate. And, uh, and, I, and I had this strong hankering for ice cream. I don't normally have a hankering for ice cream. Well, okay, maybe I do. <clears throat> but you know, but not like this. Not like this. This was a this was a holiday weekend, and it was busy, and all kinds of stuff going on. The traffic going up that 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 two lane road from Digby up to Bridgetown. There it was just it was just it was car after car, bumper to bumper. And then, but then, here's the funny thing: is right by the Dairy Queen, outside of Digby, there was a car wanting to pull out. There was one space, and I wanted to pull in. He pulled out. I pulled in. Right, so he got into my space, and I got into his space going into the thing, and I got the, uh, the ice cream, and it was, it was great. I thought, well, that was a strange little thing to happen. You know, what's the chance of that? Just when I wanted the ice cream, there's the hole. I can get in. He got out, and he took my spot. Then I got back out onto the road, and I found him again. Gravel truck had come down off the mountain, the, the south mountain there. Lost his brakes, loaded full of gravel smucked him right in the side, killed everybody. But you know the thing I noticed? Was the hamburger in the back window. And I thought, that was my spot. That hamburger came two minutes before my ice cream from the same place. How do you know when to get on the, on the plane? How do you know when, you, when to pull off the road? You know, is life so uncertain that we would even care about this? These are the things that I've been thinking about. So Nicodemus, he, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. He begins the journey for us today. And he's an interesting guy. And, and how do you know what God's will is for you in this moment? Oh, you know, God has a great plan for us. He knows our future. He has, he has, you know, there's something coming in the tomorrows of tomorrow. We know that. But what about today? You get up this morning. What about today? Does, does God care what you had for breakfast? Does God care whether you're in ketosis or not I'd like to be in ketosis I need to be in ketosis ketosis is when well, I don't even know what that is but it sure sounded good that's one of those archetypal literature things right it's when you metabolize fat who said that oh Joan there you are Joan appreciate that thanks for correcting me <laughs> Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said you must be somebody because of all the doings you're doing you must be somebody that God knows because things are happening around in your life that aren't happening around in anybody else's life. We understand that from what's happening to you, Jesus, and what you're doing, God must have sent you 
because how you're living is not like everyone else. Let's look at this. So Jesus went on and he said to Nicodemus, he he told him two things. He said, number one, he said, in reply, you know, to this non-question, in reply to the statement, Jesus declared, he said, I'm going to tell you something, Nicodemus, I want you to listen close. I will tell you the truth. What I'm going to say to you is fact. What I'm telling you now, you want to to write down because you're going to need it later on. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. No one. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Kingdom of God. I was talking about miracles. I was talking about that you must be sent from God. I, I, I was talking about that, that God seems to be in your life. I, I, I wasn't talking about the kingdoms. I wasn't talking about the throne of David. I was, Jesus said, you must be born again if you're going to see the kingdom of God. Now, that's an interesting thing to say. Now, now we've got 2,000 years to ponder what that means, I guess, and and we know that, well, he's talking about being born again as a spiritual born again. Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's look at that. So, so, so maybe we're like the guy who's born blind, right? Let's talk about seeing. Okay, I can see, mostly. I got new eyes. I can see, you know, back row there. You know, I can see you guys. I can see you, Joseph. Oh, I don't you try to hide. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I know what it is to see. And if you compare that to not seeing, you know, not seeing the kingdom of God, well, I understand seeing. I, I was down to the shore <clears throat> driving along one day, and, um, and I thought I could see Prince Edward Island off in the distance. Can you see that from the shore? Yeah. Can you stand on Prince Edward Island from the shore at Heather's Beach? No, but you can sure see it. You can see off in the distance, you know, because maybe, maybe when it's foggy, you can't. Maybe when, it's, when the sun's not right, you can't. I'll tell you this, it's, at night, sometimes you can see the lights, but if there's no lights over there, you can't see it. Because seeing, you know, eyes are funny, aren't they? Because you can, you can see a distance, right? You can, you can see things from here to there, but that doesn't mean you're there. Isn't that funny? That's just seeing. I'm not talking about anything else other than seeing. I want you to think about what it is to see. And what you see, how your eyes work, is you see light bouncing off objects someplace, and it, and it translates back as shapes. Right? That's how you see. Now, if you have eyes that need glasses uh, or lenses, you know, in, in front as, your, as your, is it your cornea, your lens that flattens out as you age, and you don't see quite so well, you need something that picks up more light to give you a, a deeper definition there. So you can see things a long ways away. So Jesus here, he says to Nicodemus, he said, well, Nicodemus, let, let's, let's, let's take a look at that. I'm, I'm just taking it at face value here. Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. We know something. He's saying, Rabbi, we have this certain knowledge. We know. There's something here we know. It's obvious. We know this. You are a rabbi, come from God. You're a teacher who has come from God. And we know this because we have come to the conclusion that what you're doing equals a sent individual from God. 
what you're doing and all the miracles that surround it suggest to us no one in the natural world can do this because they're not doing it. So you must be from God. And Jesus answered the question in Nicodemus' heart as to how do you have more knowledge or how do you have more understanding? How do you see the kingdom of God? How do you understand the principles of the kingdom? And he said this. He said, well, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The guy born blind, you know, we were looking at that um, a couple of weeks ago and in prayer meeting. And, uh, and he was born blind. Somebody said, who sinned? You know, in other words, they said, sin has something to do with bad stuff in your life, right? And so the guy, was, he was blind here. And they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, we understand that sin has something to do with his condition right here. Sin has something to do with him not seeing. Who sinned that this man should be born blind, him or his parents? And Jesus said, no, 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 that's not what it's about. This man is blind so that the glory of God might be manifest in his life. And then, then he went on, you know, and he, and he sent him to the pool of Siloam. He spit in the ground, made some mud, put it on his eyes, sent him away to wash. And he came back seeing him. And the Pharisees didn't like that. They said, well, who did this? And he said, I don't know who did it. I'm blind. I couldn't see who it was. And they said, well, praise God. We know that this man was a sinner. And, uh, the, and the blind man said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know anything. I can't make, I can't make uh, suppositions like this. I, I don't have any knowledge. I don't have any experience that leads me to make these kind of statements. But I'm going to tell you this. What did he say? I once was blind. Now I see. That's my testimony. I don't know anything else but that. I didn't meet him face to face. He talked to me. I talked to him. I couldn't see who he was. I have no idea what he looks like. I only know this. I once was blind. Now I see. Now I'm not. That's all I can tell you about it. So Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, do you want to see kingdom of God? How is it, Nicodemus, that you don't see the kingdom of God? You have been in church all your life, Nicodemus. You are one of the ruling class of the Pharisees. You have gone through Sunday school. You've gone through catechism, maybe. You've gone through, through uh, Bible studies. You've gone through the Alpha course. You've gone through, you've gone through. How is it that you don't see? Wait a minute now. Doesn't make any sense. That's not helping our Sunday school. See, Jesus says, suggests to us this. Sin has blinded you. It's blinded you. Sin has blinded you like the man born blind, except you are blind spiritually. Let's get you born again. And we're going to fix the blindness in your eyes. So I stood on the shore, looked out there at uh, Prince Edward Island, because I could see it in the distance. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to be standing out there in the middle of a potato field? You know, I, I, uh, one of the greatest memories I have for when we were pastoring in O'Leary in Prince Edward Island there was going out and picking shepherdy potatoes off of the field of uh, Gerald McIsaac. 
And I mean, we picked potatoes. My, grand, my father-in-law was there, and I had a little quarter time, a little black quarter time. And he wanted to go pick potatoes, you know, like the big ones that roll off the back of the harvesters, you know. And, and Gerald said, sure, go fill your truck. Well, my father-in-law took him at his word. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he had a, he had a quarter ton truck loaded up, right right up and over the whole box, you know, six feet or four feet, whatever. How wide are they? I don't know. They're eight feet long at the time and they were, you know, four and a half, five feet wide and it was loaded up. The truck was sitting like this going down the road. The great, but what are we going to do with all these potatoes? I don't know what I'm going to do with them. We had two meals. We threw the rest out. You know, what, what do you do with all those potatoes? I don't know what you do with all. You know, but I was sitting on, standing on the shore and I could see Prince Edward Island and I could see there was. And, I, and in my mind, I was imagining what it would be like to be in on the island again, you know, and what it would be like, you know, to, to, uh, to be in the potato field and all that. I can imagine all that stuff, but it wasn't there. But I could see it. And I had an idea of what was there. But I could see it. You know, there was, there was sight and there was, everything was working right. I could see it. Ten miles off in the distance, but I wasn't there. So Jesus went on and he said to Nicodemus, this other thing, he said, he said, uh, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. You want to go to the island? Get across the bridge. You want to go to the island? Get on the boat. You want to the island? Swim across the channel there. You want to get on the island? You got to move from seeing it to entering it because there's a difference. Yes, okay, here I am on the, on the seashore, and I can see into the distance, but I want to get from here to there. I want to be living on the island. Now, I lived on the island. I want to live in Oxford. Okay, let's pretend we're on the island. I want, okay, I can see Oxford in the distance. I want to get to there. You, you know what I'm saying? There's a difference between seeing it and entering it. The Spirit gives birth to the Spirit, Jesus said. He went on and says, flesh, verse 6 of, of John 3, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Spirit gives birth to the spirit. There is a maturity in the spirit that uh, the writers talk about. You know, the apostles, they, they talk about the immaturity. They talk about... Um, uh, meats, you know, that you eat versus milk that you drink, you know, and, and a child, you know, and, and growth in the spirit, growth in the spiritual life and, and, uh, and all that's a part of that maturity in the life of the spirit, maturity in the kingdom of God. I was standing outside the funeral home in Holguin. I was talking to Marielle, big tall guy, deep voice, evangelist type, lost a lot of friends in that plane crash. He was trying to ask me in, in, in Spanish, and I was trying to hear it in English, what he was saying. He pastors a church, um, this church is growing. It's a good church, strong church. He's a, he's a dynamic individual. I'd really like to bring him to Canada. Doesn't speak a word of English. Doesn't want to, wanna, so you'd, that could be problematic. <clears throat> but he's a great guy. Great guy. He's big, tall. You know what I mean? He's like six. He's, he's a little bigger than Marty there. You know, and, and uh, Marty's a big guy. I look up to Marty all the time. 
You know, but, but Mariel's kind of like that, you know, and, and I, I, I really admire Mariel. And he's just a nice, just a smile, you know, Mark, how you doing? You know, deep voice like that. But he asked me this question. And, and he was broken when he asked me it. Mark, what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of this crash? Well, I, I don't understand. These were, these were my friends. These were fellow pastors. What, what's the meaning of life in this? I didn't know what to say. But I've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot since, since that day. Now I've decided this one thing. The meaning of life is right now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. It's right now. This is the meaning of life. And so I, I've been, I've, I'm going to explain that for a minute because you look a little perplexed. But I, I, this, this, is, this is what I've decided since that day. Um, there's a lot that's gone into this decision. I remember we were sitting at breakfast in Havana when the news came, the Richard Mercy, that the plane had crashed and, and there were a number of pastors on it and, and all that went on there. And I, and I, I thought in the moment, that a lot of strange things. Well, at least we didn't know anybody, but it turned out we did know a lot of people. And, and I, I can remember that moment. <clears throat> it stuck in my mind. And I, and I thought after that, I thought, the meaning of life is this moment right now. It's this moment right now. And the more that I thought about that, the more that I thought, <clears throat> I thought, um, in this moment right now, I am in the center of God's will. God walks with me, and I know his presence. In, in John chapter 17, Jesus said, he said this very odd thing. And I, I, I want to, I didn't actually plan, but I'm going I'm to tell you what he said. In John chapter 17, about verse 2 or 3, he says, uh, he said, uh, there it is, verse 3. He said, now this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life that they might know you. See, but he's not talking a far off future time. He's talking right now. That they might know you in the present moment. You know, that, that you could have the, your eyes and the scales fall off so that you can see right now that you can enter into the kingdom of God right now. He said the kingdom of God does not come with observation, for the kingdom of God is within you. That, Jesus said that. He, he, said, he said, I don't speak on my own authority, but I speak on the authority of him who sent me. And the things I say, those are, I only say the things I hear the Father say right now. See, you understand what I'm saying? The meaning of life is right now, <clears throat> let, let, me, let me explain this a little farther along here. And I had something else. I was reading through the Bible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this morning from early, early morning. And you remember the story where Jesus, he just fed the 5,000. Then, then he sent the, the disciples in the boat. 
get to the other side. He came walking on the water. And you know what happened. You know, you know what happened. Uh, Peter saw him, and, and they, were, they were terrified it was ghost. Um, and um, Jesus called out, and Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, ask me to come to the, you know, out in the water. You know the story. Peter got out in the water and began to walk, and they saw the storm, they began to sink. Jesus got him by the hand. And then it says this, after he got into the boat, they were on the other side. Oh, well, wait a minute. You know, I mean, we read that story because of the events in it. But if the, if the destination is what mattered, well, it didn't matter very much because all of a sudden they were on the other side. You see, the reality was as they made the journey from this shore to that shore, they got this big space in the middle. And the journey was the destination. The right now was the destination. The right now was the meaning of the whole journey. It didn't, it didn't, this wasn't it, and this wasn't it. This was it. That's all you know about the story. Peter walked on the water and then he sank. Right? That was the destination. The journey was the destination. The right now is the meaning of life. The journey that we're on right now, this is the destination. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why? Because thou art with me in the right now. I'm walking through. There's a beginning, there's an end, and I'm walking through. Yes, there's all kinds of shadows that come out from the walls depending on where the sun is at, but as all this happens, I'm in the right now and you're with me. This is the meaning of life right now. You're sitting beside someone who's dying. Maybe the meaning of life, what do you think? It could be when you get to Tim Hortons. When you leave the hospital and you get to Tim Hortons and you think, oh man, I'm glad that's over with. No. The meaning of life is in the right now in that hospital room. The meaning of life is when that new little baby just pops out. It's not, you know, man, 20 years from now when they're, when they're you know, in university, well, that's going to be the meaning of life. That's the destination I'm getting to, get them out the door. You know, this little, little baby just kind of popped out into the world and we're here in the, in the uh, labor room and all that kind of stuff in the birth room. I can hardly wait till they're on their own. No, no. The meaning of life is the right now. Well, there's a baby. Look at that. It's all got stuff on it. You know, and it grows, you know, and then look at that. There's stuff coming out both ends of this baby. You know, and it goes on, it goes on. You know, that baby just took my car down the road for the first time. I'm not so happy right now. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the journey, I'm going to have Papa Gasket here. The journey is the destination. You understand what I'm saying? The meaning of life is in the right now. <clears throat> Why am I here? Life is hopeless to me. What does it all mean? Who am I? Do I matter anywhere? Did you ever hear anybody ask this? Did you ever say it? Yeah, I suspect we all have some familiarity with these terms. Uh, it, you know, we say things like, God loves you so much, he sent his only son to die for you because yes, you matter. 
well, then how come I don't feel like I matter? Then how come bad things keep happening to me? Then how come I don't know which way to turn? I don't know what my decision needs to be. How come I don't know when to get on the plane or not? Now that's next Sunday sermon. You know, God wants to walk with you at home and at work every day. When you get out and you get into your tractor, go spray them blueberries. God wants to be there with you. When you go out to the trailer there at the lake, he wants to be there with you. He doesn't want to be five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. Lord, thanks for the day. Or Lord, help me for the day. Help me get through today because it's a difficult. He wants to walk through those times with you. But he wants you to listen to him. He wants you to pay attention to him. He, he wants you to enter into relationship with him, not just see off in the distance. Look, there he is. I can see God now. Now it kind of makes sense. I can, I can see the shore of the other side. There it is. No, he's made a way for you to enter that state of life with him. That's why Jesus said, and this is life eternal that they might know you. I, uh, I've met a lot of people. I have met a lot of people. I've met people all over the world. There's not many people, though, I would say, I know them. I know, I know many of you. I mean, you know me because we do. I mean, I know Ruth. I married Ruth. Oh, do I know Ruth? You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. But in the very best of ways, you know. I, you know. But, but you know what I mean? There's a difference between meeting someone Knowing someone, right? There's, there's a big difference there. And God wants us to know him, fellowship with him. It's so amazing in, in Genesis. You know, I just love Genesis and the Garden of Eden and all that's there. And it says that God came walking in the cool of the evening, looking for Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? It's our time to sit on the porch, have some lemonade. I got some new lemons. Oh, these are sweet. I've, re I've refined the process of sugar. I've refined the process, you know, and the blending of sugar and, and sour. I've got some great, let's have some fellowship tonight. But sin changed that whole relationship, right? You know, you know this. They did something they weren't supposed to do. And God was sad about that because there were actions now that had to be taken there were consequences and he knew that they weren't going to be able to, to manage this alone so he sent his son his only son yeah, you know I've mentioned it before I'm going to say it again you know, but there was this conversation in heaven when, when God the father said to Jesus son they're not going to make it without us. 
It's just too difficult. It's too hard for them. Can you go there to bring them here? There's no other way. Sin has built chains they cannot be free of without your blood. Son, will you do this for them? Jesus, I guess I don't know what the, how the discussion went. You know, it's not in the Bible, but I'm assuming there was this. But Jesus finally said yes, or maybe said yes right away. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was a little bit of conversation. Lord, this, this was a big ask to me. Is it possible that this cup maybe could be done some other way? Three times Jesus said that. But three times it came back, there is no other way, son. Hold the course. Be steady at the tiller. The ship is almost home. There is no other way. These people need a way to know me again. The meaning of life is right now. It's not tomorrow, not yesterday. What was does not control your what will be, only what is. Because in the what is, is when you decide that this is what is today. True? If you're an alcoholic, you decide today, I am not going to drink. You decide this today. I can't, I can't, I don't, I, I can't do anything about yesterday. I don't know what about tomorrow. But today, right now, this moment, this hour, this second, I'm not. This moment, the second, I'm not going to be angry. This moment, the second, I'm not going to look on the computer at that. This moment, the second, I'm not going to talk like that. This moment, the second, I'm not going to say those jokes. This moment, the second, I'm not. Because right now is the meaning of life. This is that moment. This is that moment of decision. And God says, listen to me now. Now is your appointed hour. Come and know who I am. Well, I think we should pray. I want to leave you with a thoughts, with a question, and with an invitation. The thought is this. Do you know that this is your moment? It is. The question is this, where are you in this moment in relation to God? That's the question. Here's the invitation. God offers more. Will you receive it today? Let's pray. Our Father, this morning we're thankful for the opportunity that we have, Lord, just to, to know you. There we go. To know you, Father. 
Uh, Father, for, for so long we, we live with, with this, this idea in our mind, if I can just get to heaven, I'm going to be okay. If I can just get through this, this drudgery of life, it's going to be okay. But Father, the reality is, today is that moment of decision to enter the kingdom of heaven. We have seen it. We, we see the testimonies. We hear what people are saying. We see what's, what's around. We see your promises. We see how life should be. We see your truth. We see the life of Jesus. We see that he died for us. We see all of this. But Father, we want to enter. We want to live in that. We want to live in that in this moment. We want to live in that in this time. Father, we want to live in that with you in the meaning of life. Holy Spirit, these closing moments lead us to that, that point of decision. Where are we with you, Father? Father, have we been living defeated lives all this long? Lord, are, are we like those that got on the plane even though you tried over and over again to, to stop them? Lord, let us be like those who said, I don't feel right about this. I'm listening to God. I don't care if it look funny in anyone's eyes, anyone's shape or form. I'm going to follow him. I will follow Jesus, even though none go with me. I'm going to make my way to that altar of prayer somehow, some way. I don't care what anyone thinks. If I go alone, if I be the only one, I don't care. But somewhere, I'm going to get to that altar of prayer and I'm going to find you, Father, for you search for me. You are calling me. Father, in these closing moments, have your way. Whatever you desire to do, may it be done. Father, I pray, Lord, your blessing on each one. Father, as we sing this last song, speak into our hearts your truth, your words, your purpose. Father, in Jesus' name we pray.